All right, good afternoon, Anchor Nation. This is Aaron Rollins coming at you again live and ad-free from my podcast, Southeast Third on Anchor. That was Bush getting your evening started off on this channel. Ah, Bush and Machine Head, man. I've loved their music for a long time. And Glenn Rossdale, the lead singer, came back and did some more music. And uh, I didn't listen to any of it because I'm not riding that bandwagon of reviving and people coming back you know they did the fucking um revival of the matrix series with the new matrix movie counter reeves and uh, carrie ann moss um you know it was cool to see him back in the you know in the movie and continuing the story but the way that they decided to do it i was like man this is not worth it i'm glad i didn't go to the movie theater like keanu reeves is my dog <laughs> i just called him my dog yeah you know what i'm saying um Keanu Reeves is the man. He's like, you know, he bowed to the stage when, or excuse me, not to the stage. He bowed to the audience when he was on stage because they gave him a standing ovation. You know, he's just got this humility that not a lot of actors have. Well, I shouldn't say that. I said not all actors have. And, uh, you know, he lives his life in, in a very admirable way. So, I'm, you know, when I look at him and, um, and the performances he's made, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's somebody I would aspire to be, you know, be involved in the projects he's been involved in. You know, he's had an awesome, awesome cinematic career. Um, I wasn't a really big fan of the new Bill and Ted. Uh, I, but I did like the, what they tried to do. Um, they tried to use music as a unifying force. And I was like, that's actually pretty fucking cool. Because it's kind of what... That's kind of like the theme here recently with all these big blockbuster hits. Is they're following the, the trend of musical themes. And what do I mean by that? Well, Game of Thrones is all about a song. A song of fire and ice, or uh, a dance, and you don't dance without music, you know. Um, and then you've got, you know, some big successful movies like Trolls. Trolls was a musical. Uh, you got Hamilton the play. Hamilton was a musical. You know, music over the last like I don't know, ten years maybe something like that. Music's come to the front of entertainment, and it's just starting to make, um, you know, some pretty big waves. Anyway, all that to say. Uh, yeah, I kind of went off on a tangent there. I don't know what the fuck I was trying to do. But anyway, here we are. And I'm heading home from another successful completion of shift at work. And already there's drama. Hasn't even been a fucking week on the job. And guess what? <laughs> Some bullshit is happening. So this female um, was getting overwhelmed. And I don't ju judge her for this. Um, there was a whole bunch of shit happening. That's not my exit. There's a whole bunch of shit happening where, you know, I'm really starting to see why mistakes get made. Because the, the administrator that's doing all the stuff that the nurses and doctors and everyone else doesn't do, there's only one of them. And there's supposed to be two. And even when there's two, that's still, you could probably get away with having three. Because of all the things that they've got to do. The, th the problem is, is that there's not enough of it happening all the time for them to justify that. And a lot of people have quit recently, so, you know, they're down on manpower, so one person's doing the job of two people. Um, when there's when there's downtime, there's nothing to do. But when there's things to do, there's a lot to do. And a lot of, a lot of it is happening at the same time. Calling about appointments, getting somebody ready to discharge, setting up transportation, putting the proper codes in place so that they get billed correctly. Um, 
It's a very involved process. You print a whole bunch of shit. It's like, no wonder we're going through a fucking tree shortage. And and forests are are getting deforested by the, you know, acre and acre. Thousands of acres of forests are disappearing because all the paper we got to fuck with. Um, I mean, all I can think of is like, man, there's got to be something that's more convenient than this. We should not have to have five different things fucking open to do one patient. You know, I I get that it's got to be communicating across the board and and things have to reflect in other places and you need to be able to verify and and you've got to check and recheck. I'm starting to get that now. Like before, I was thinking, you know, it shouldn't be that bad. Well, when you've got three nurses and an EMS team all trying to ask you things and you're actually trying to take care of something else apart from all the things that they're asking you to do, you got to keep up with a lot. And I wasn't expecting that. Um, I think I kind of got suckered in because the uh, night supervisor was trying to say, hey, it's going to be chill as fuck. I'm starting to think that's not the case. Uh, (laughs) You know, that was something that I was like anxious to get involved with because I'll be able, if I'm not, you know, super busy, to to stay ahead of my schoolwork, which is what I did in the spring of this year. I was able to do some homework at school. I didn't have to cheat so much. The fucking fall, I had to cheat a lot because I was working. Um, so with me, you know, taking on this job, I'm like, Hey man, I can do some of the stuff, um, that I need to do. And some, some of you people will be listening to this and be like, well, what the fuck you were working and going to school in the spring. Yeah. But in the spring, it was nowhere near as busy. The fall, it was way busier. I mean, fuck, even the summer was busier. So, you know, the spring was, was chill. Uh, not every day, but for more often than not, I was able to do what I needed to do. And then everything just picked up and it just got real out of control and, I, you know, I've, I've made good grades, but man, it was, it was work. It was fucking work. That wasn't, you know, skate city for me. Like it was for some people, you know, I got these 19, 20 year olds in my class that are like, Oh yeah, I'm making a 95 in the class. I'm like, fuck you, dude. I'm doing good to make a 90. (laughs) So, you know, a little bit of envy there, but it's, uh, you know, it's coming from a warranted place, man. I'm, I'm not spending enough time in the books like I should, because I can't do it at work. And, you know, tying back to what I said originally, I, um, I, I took this job, one, because it, they were willing to work with my class schedule, but two, uh, they, they mentioned that they, the supervisor, Constance, was assuring me that, you know, there's going to be a decent amount of, of downtime and you can stay ahead of your classes if you need to. We know that's important to you. Fuck yeah, it's important to me, man. I got to get out of this mid-range, you know, mid-level shit. The middle is not the place to be. It's not, because what separates the middle from the bottom? The bottom sucks. Everybody knows being at the bottom of the barrel sucks. You get shit on by everybody. Everything rolls downhill, and by the time it gets to you, it's the size of a fucking mountain. We get that. Everybody knows that. If you haven't learned that by now, then it hasn't happened to you yet. Just give it time. It will happen. One of these days, you're going to wake up, and a big old mountain of bullshit is going to fall right in your lap. What they say in Full Metal Jacket, it's a big shit sandwich, and we all got to take a bite. Well, you're going to be taking our bigger bite. So that's what being at the bottom of the barrel is. You you can gripe up, and you can gripe, 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 and gripe, because everybody is above you. You can gripe all you want. Is anybody going to give a fuck? No. <laughs> no, they will not. You know, if you ask that question, you might as well just keep it in your head, because the answer is rhetorical. You already know the answer. <laughs> you already know. So, all right, that's bottom. We established that. 
don't have to uh, explain that anymore. Mid-range, you've come to expect that treatment should be a little bit better. Your job should not be as shitty. You're moving up with the aspirations to move even higher because you've moved up a little bit. You're like, wow, I have some confidence. I have some self-esteem, some uh, some recognition of my ability. Some people have recognized me. They're confident in my ability to perform. I'm giving something that's a little more serious. I'm able to delegate to other people. You know, I work with a team, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yammering on. You get what I'm saying. And what makes it hard is when that expectation does not meet reality, where you're at the mid-range, but you still get treated like you're at the fucking bottom. Because in reality, to some people that are higher than you, everything below them is the bottom. If you're not at their level, then you're beneath. And that's all that matters to those individuals. And that is the case for some of the people that I've worked with. And it's just burned me up so much. I'm like, I've taken way more critical patients than this shit, man. I've had to fucking stabilize, you know, bleeding out people that got shrapnel, gunshot wounds, amputations, and I had to stabilize them by myself. You understand? I've had to take care of these guys on my own. I didn't have a surgical team uh, on standby. I didn't have a doctor to come and oversee my, my technique. I didn't have a nurse to pull meds for me. It was me and only me at the moment that, you know, the patient needed their fucking life saved. And just because I'm working in your environment, you know, you're going to treat me like I'm fucking below whatever. You just look down at me. God damn. You know, every time they start asking me about um, my experience in the, in the emergency department, I do my best to cut myself off so that I don't start ranting and raving and hollering and cursing and causing a scene because uh, I'm trying to keep that in check, man. They, they don't need that. They don't need to... They just need to know that, hey, I didn't like it there. Uh, people are leaving by the, the dozens. Um, I, I encourage you to try working there. Maybe you can make a difference. Uh, but if you're thinking about it and you have problems with these types of people, then don't even go. You know, if you're resilient and you are looking to gain some hands-on stuff that you want to, you know, improve your your resume, then yeah, go go and do it, man. Knock it out. Go there for a couple years. You know, be a part of some um, some life-saving codes. Uh, be a part of losing patients so you know what that's like and you can deal with the aftermath of that, man. Because it's, I mean, it's hard. You know, uh, up on the other floors, the patients do die and there are codes, but more often than not, the patients are slowly dying. Um, one guy was being discharged to hospice and home care. Um, I think they, was he, had, was he the one that had cancer? Somebody had cancer. And then another person had an abdominal bleed. And then another person, I think, had uh, a stroke. And then another person had diabetes so bad he was losing some toes on his foot. So, you know, you got all of that happening. And it's the slow fade. It's the slowly expiring that you deal with mostly on the floor. And that can be hard because you got to watch these people wither away. You know, the lady that took care of my Uncle Justin, man, my heart goes out to her because... She had to see that um, and be a part of that, wake up to that reality every day. And, you know, we've got patients that, um, yeah, they're, they're dying like my uncle, but they're also in their 80s. You know, you can expect that in your 80s. Uh, does it suck? Absolutely. To make it all the way to your 80s and get fucking cancer? Man. Man. It's like, well, I guess I'm going out sooner than expected because I'm not doing fucking chemo. 
if I was in my 30s, 40s, maybe even my 50s, and I still had a uh, you know a good decade or two left, hell yeah, I'd fight through it, fight through it, and you know kick some ass and go out swinging. But I'm in my 80s, bro. I've had a good life. Let me go. <laughs> Let me go. I don't. I don't need to do this. You know, I'm tired. My bones hurt all the time. I don't feel like waking up in the morning some days. So, yeah, just, just let me slip away, man. Just let me slip away. I love y'all. Give me hugs. Give me kisses. Let's talk about some good memories we made. Uh, let me drink some beer. Hell, give me some drugs to, to do because I've never, you know, done cocaine or meth before. So, let me let me do that and then let me die. I'll be good. <laughs> I can say I've done it all. I, I don't need to do no more. Or, fuck, if you're not going to give me drugs, let me go fucking skydiving. Go out with a bang. Um stuff like that so uh back to the job um and when i said some drama happened you know this lady that i was working with she was just getting hit left and right with all this stuff that needed to happen patients discharging patients admitting patients being picked up patient needs to transfer patient needs this scanned patient needs appointments made you know and, and this isn't something that's happening over an eight hour shift this is happening with all within the span of an hour all this stuff happened. She had, I think, nine discharges go down. And by the time I got down there to help with my, uh, with my supervisor who was training me, um, she had already done like half of it. But there was so much going on that she she was getting overwhelmed. And I, I respect that now. At first, I, I was like, eh, it can't be that bad. No, it's, it can get bad. When you got four people waiting on you to give them an answer, um, and then their patient tries to talk to you too, or they're yelling, you know, it can be very distracting. It's like, how do you balance all of that at one time, you know? It can it can be tricky, especially when you have patients that have similar last names or you've got to uh, remember last four of the social. You know, it can be very easy to make mistakes. And before I, I mean, this has really opened my eyes. Before I really didn't appreciate how easy it was to make mistakes. I'm like, why are these people screwing up? Well, it's the same problem that, that medical providers are having like nurses nurse practitioners and doctors there are more patients than the staff can handle there's not enough healthcare workers um there's not i mean there's there's not enough of any nobody wants to fucking work no more and i i, I can i get it you know i had three months off where i was just in school and drawing a check from my uh, benefits that's run out i can't you know I'm, i've got one i have one last check in and that was it um so they're not going to give me another check after this they are going to like make one last payment for the semester, and then that's all. Um, that payment's not going to go to me. It's going to go to the school. So I'm not making any more money just to go to class and sit at home. So now I've got to work. Uh, and I can understand why people don't want to go back to work. You know, being at the bottom of the barrel, being in the mid-range role, when you've got technical knowledge and skill and you've got aspirations and people have seen that in you and told you as much and you've seen it yourself and you know what you're capable of but then somebody that's uh, you know got something that they can hang over your head will shit on you that starts killing your drive it just starts fucking killing it and it it's and you can be resilient and bounce back and be like you know what i've got confidence in myself i'm gonna be fine and to fuck them and fuck what they say but then you see them again tomorrow and the same shit happens and then you see him again the next day, and the next, and the next, and that person isn't going away. And it's not that you don't believe in yourself, or you start to believe what they're telling you. You're just tired of hearing it. You're tired of having to be around that attitude. That attitude starts to affect you. It definitely started to affect me. And when I started working with people that didn't want to start carrying their weight, 
And, you know, folks started hitting me up. It's like, we trust you. You're reliable. We can depend on you. That's why we go to you. I'm like, that's not fucking good enough. That is not good enough. My tax dollars go to these fucking people to sit on their ass. Or these fucking people that want to talk to me like I'm not good enough for the job. Or they, they want to treat me like dirt, you know. That's not fucking good enough anymore. I appreciate your confidence. I appreciate the ability to learn and to get better at these things. That's awesome, and I miss that. I do not appreciate the fucking treatment. It's not worth it. My fucking manager that was there, that inspired me, that you know gave me a little bit of hope, and that place getting better fucking left. What's that tell you? The one guy that was like, this place is supposed to be a family. I've got you guys' back. I'm not going to leave. Ends up fucking leaving. You know, obviously he didn't feel that they, that they supported him. And I know as much because I heard what they fucking said about him. You know? Um, hell, I think, and I don't want to say that I had any part to play in that. But when I talked to my, my boss man, uh, Corey, when I talked to him and I told him about how one of the nurse providers... Um, excuse me, nurse practitioners, what he really thought about him, I could see him almost cry. And he said, he's like, man, that was somebody I really admired. And I was like, yeah, man, he didn't hold any punches. He, he said how he really felt about you. And I, I didn't put it on paper. Well, no, I did put it on paper. But I only put it on paper for his eyes. I made sure that he saw that because, you know, he had a certain delusion about their relationship. And I was like, dude, you got to know how he talks about you. He, he doesn't think of you the same way you think about him. So let's get that straight. Because I'm hearing shit about you that's starting to bother me. You know? And I, I just thank God I'm not working there no more. And I saw one of my old co-workers. He, he left um, the emergency department. He actually went to the ICU. And that, that actually happened with several people. Yeah, moving on regardless. He was also somebody that was put in leadership that left a leadership role to go work somewhere else. And that just bummed me out. It's like, man, I, I, I think you guys are going to take these jobs because you're going to improve this place. And you're going to, you know, um, put people in check that need to be put in check. And you're going to encourage people that need to be encouraged and blah, blah, blah. You know, that just didn't happen. Um, Dana, one of the ladies that I interviewed that I recommended to be uh, promoted up, she, um, she ended up quitting. She didn't even make it six months. And... She's talked about coming back, and I'm like, stay gone, man. Stay gone. These people got to you. They got to me. Um, it happens to everybody. Uh, don't don't put yourself back through it. You know, I went to a different department. You're a nurse. You're going to be back in patient care. So, you know, unless you're going to go to something completely different than what you used to do, and it's got to be a world apart, like I'm doing something completely different, um, then don't, don't go back there. Don't put yourself through that. Don't do it. You know, Jared looked at me and said, anything to get away from the ED, right? I said, yeah, I took a pay cut. I did. Um, I think like, let's see, eight grand a year, seven to eight grand a year uh, pre-tax and um, pre-bonus. So on paper, it's like 36,000-ish. Um, there's night differential and there's all these other, uh, you know, pay things that are technical that I'm not going to get into because I don't fully understand. But I know that when I was um, a GS7 step two in the emergency department, I was pulling in 45, 46,000 a year on my own. Um, and so about every paycheck, I was making 17 to 18 grand, grand, excuse me, 17 to 1800. That was my paycheck every two weeks. Um, and that was hard to fucking swallow that pill when I got nurses, when I got nurses that are making 70,000 plus. They're making almost double the money for half the work. And 
you know, the, the whole argument is, is like, well, we've got medications and our license on the line. You know, our medic, if we give the wrong medications, not only can we kill somebody, but we can lose our license. And my argument is like, what do I have to lose? Right. If I lose this job because I get fired, where else am I going to do this? Nobody's going to hire me to do this shit somewhere else. Um, I got to hit pause real quick because I'm seeing a giant hawk and I got to take a look to, got to take a minute to admire it. Hang on, y'all. Just saw a random hawk perched in a tree, so I took a couple, snapped a couple of photos of them. Um, I stopped my car, pulled off to the curb. Well, that's not the right sequence of events, is it? I pulled off to the side, stopped my car, and put the hazard lights on so that people wouldn't fucking flip out. So, um, where was I? Shit, I lost my train of thought. Uh, so, you know, I, I get, I get how things, you know, happen to for the reasons that they happened for. Um, so yeah, this lady got overwhelmed. She, she was in the break room crying because there was just so much frustration, you know? And I've been there and I told her, I was like, look, I had a panic attack. Um, I, I had to get checked into the ER because, you know, these fucking people, uh, the fucking, you know, stuff we gotta deal with, it's just too much sometimes. So you got no judgment for me, for me, man. She tried to apologize for crying in front of me uh, later on. I was like, hey, no, don't feel sorry. Shit, I've been there. So you you ain't got to apologize to me, man. I know how it gets. Um, if, any, if there's anything I can do for you, shit, let me know. You know, that's that's the type of dude I am. There was a patient that was leaving. Excuse me, that's wrong. There was a family member of a patient that was leaving. Um, his, I think, dad or some shit. I don't know. But his relative was dying. You know, he's walking out, and I make sure that I catch him on the way out. And was like, hey, real sorry for your uh, what's going on with your, you know, family member. If there's anything y'all need, you know, you're in our hearts. And shook his hand, and you know, that choked him up a little bit. And, you know, it choked me up a little bit, too, because, you know, he's a grown fucking man, you know, in his gray and beard, going a little bald. So he's definitely older, and he's taller than me, big guy. And, you know, he starts to break down a little bit. And I was like, yeah, I get it, dude. It's um, It's never easy to say goodbye. And so, you know, having that moment where you just let somebody know that we, you care about what's happening, that, that can mean a lot. And it, it doesn't have to, you know, fix the problem, but at least telling people that you care about what they're, what's going on, you know, that's, that's better than nothing. And I'm happy to do it. So, but then, you know, I, I sit down and I'm moving on about the job. I sit down after the, my day shift people leave and I'm eating the, the evening shift as they're just getting there. And uh, I sit with this guy that's been doing the job for like eight years and uh, he said, when you're done training with your supervisor, I got some stuff I got to tell you. I said, OK, I'll be standing by. You know, I'm, I'm going to take what you say to heart because we're going to be working the same, same shift. And you've been doing it a hell of a longer than I have. I mean, I, I haven't even been the, in the VA, you know, that long. So um, there's a lot of knowledge that's getting passed around and everybody's got a different way of doing shit. So whatever. I got to figure that shit out. So. Um, that's the latest update I can give you on that. I'm excited to see my family tomorrow or not tomorrow, uh, Saturday. It's been too long. I've missed out on, on Thanksgiving. Um, I missed out on Jackson's birthday. Uh, and I was, you know, really excited to be a part of that. Cause one of them has a birthday. I think it's Jackson. Jackson has a birthday around the same time as me. Uh, I think it's like either a week or 10 days after somewhere around there. Um, or wait a minute, maybe he's December. See, I don't even fucking know. Cause I'm not around him enough. Uh, and yeah, moving on. I'm going to get to see them. Um, and that's, I'm very happy to do that. So, 
that's all I got for you. I hope you get a chance to see your family this Christmas season. Um, happy holidays to you and yours for all you listeners. Uh, if you don't, you know, do that kind of thing and you just kind of hang out and do your own thing, well, just stay safe, man. Stay safe in the, in the inclement weather when the snow's coming. Man, my car was fucking frosted over this morning. I thought, shit, I got to scrub the window. That's what I got to look forward to in the, in the months of, uh, December, January, and February is thawing out my car in the morning because it's going to drop below 30. This damn swinging ass weather. I should have moved cl- to further south. So it gets cold, but it doesn't freeze, you know? Shit. This, uh, something about this part of the world, you, you have these 50 to 60 degree temperature swings. It's nuts. Whew. But I'm proud to be a Texan. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. This has been Aaron Rollins from Southeast Third. We did it live, and we did it ad-free on Anchor. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Keep drinking water. Take care of yourselves. And I am signing off.